0: You're listening to Love Advice with Leanne. Caller, you're on the air. Uh, Hi, Leanne. Long-time listener. First-time caller. (laughs) Why, in your professional opinion, do you never take my calls off the air? Is this Carl? Yep, it's Carl. I mean, we had a few dates. Everything was great, I thought. Uh... Well, you know, when you switched to GEICO, you could save a lot of money on car insurance. Okay, awesome. You should call them. I will. GEICO, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What's up Dolph fans and welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host as always, Travis Wingfield, here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. Now, before we get into the big news of the day and the kind of emotional roller coaster everyone's going on through, remember to uh, check out the Locked On Podcast Network, the entire catalog. Subscribe to this show, give me a five star rating, write us a review. That helps us get out to more Dolphins fans, expand the show, and continue doing the show. And uh, lastly, catch me at Wingfield NFL on Twitter, where I tweet out my analysis, some stats, my thoughts here and there, as well as some crazy emotional reactions to news like we got today. And let's get right into that news today because, oh boy, what a day it was. For me on the West Coast, I woke up with about a million texts, my Twitter feed blowing up, just everything imaginable on my phone that I didn't want to see was there for me to wake up to this morning. So not a good morning for me in any way, shape, or form, but it did get a lot better this afternoon. Uh, Waking up to the news that Ryan Tannehill on a scramble play, rolling out to the right, and, of course, the film junkie and me noticed how cool of a play design that was. They pulled Julius Thomas off the backside of the formation to pick up the defensive end, and it actually gave Tannehill an edge to throw on the move where he's attacking the line of scrimmage, and that is, for my money, his best trait, attacking the line of scrimmage with a throw option built in there, so... He was doing that. He decided to keep it and run it up the sideline. He planted his leg awkwardly and pulled up immediately and it looked like it was really bad news. And it was being reported as such across all major media outlets today. It was a big story across the NFL Network, ESPN. I imagine had it. I didn't see them. I I watch NFL Network at work a lot of the time, so saw it there. But um, the the local beat writers, all the Dolphins beat writers were covering as well. And it was all doom and gloom from that point. Everyone talking about Matt Moore, started talking about potential replacements for Ryan Tannehill with a potential season-ending knee injury that uh, was later reported by NFL Network's Aditi Kikawala. I hope I pronounced that right. She said that there was no structural damage found on Ryan Tannehill's knee, that the knee was the exact same this morning or this afternoon as it was this morning before practice. So they're making it sound as if there's nothing wrong with the knee compared to what it was before. But then that brings up, I suppose, a different myriad of, of issues you want to talk about in regards to the knee. We all know that he went down in that Arizona game with a low shot from Calais Campbell. Uh, he didn't return the rest of the season. Matt Moore started the, other, the next four games, including the playoff loss at Pittsburgh. But up until that point, Tannehill was really one of the most durable quarterbacks you could ever imagine. I mean, he was taking shot after shot, the most hit quarterback through the first four years of his career into the NFL at that point. And he just kept getting up and it never really seemed like anything bothered him. And even the news last year on the ACL after it came out, turned out to be that he wasn't that bad and he didn't need surgery. He did the rehab on his own, the stem cell uh, treatment that he had. So everything worked out fine. We heard all spring and all summer that the knee was fine. And then today you see that happen. So It looks like it's going to be a couple of week thing. I'd imagine you won't see Ryan Tannehill until Tampa Bay in the opener. I can't foresee any reason why they want to run him out there during the preseason, maybe just to give it a test, maybe in Game 3. But that's a ways away. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Definitely won't be playing against the Falcons on Thursday. I don't have any confirmation to that, but I can guarantee you he's not going to play next Thursday against the Falcons when the Dolphins kick off the preseason. Speaking of those contingency plans we just discussed, some of the names that were thrown out on Twitter were pretty, you know, it kind of gets you thinking about how good we have it with Tannehill because a lot of fans don't necessarily like Tannehill. They think we could do better at the position. You all know how I feel about the quarterback. I find him to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league, a top 10 quarterback right in that range on the 9, 10, 11 uh, spectrum of things. But a lot of fans don't think that highly of him. But you, when you see the panic reactions we had today, talking about Colin Kaepernick, talking about a guy that is that took a job in the studio calling games, and Tony Romo, in the same vein, Jay Cutler, another guy that had worked with Adam Gaze in the past. So those were the three names you saw mentioned quite a bit on Twitter today from the beat writers and from the fans as well. I wasn't really signing off on any of those names. For me, I would just roll with Matt Moore, try to maybe sign a veteran backup. But... At, this, at the same time, people mentioned the Dallas Cowboys situation last year with Romo and Dak Prescott coming in and, and how all the Cowboys fans, when he, when Romo went out, were pretty much riding the season off and then Prescott came in. Well, the Dolphins don't have that young option. So my thought was, who is available out there? Or maybe not available, but who is a backup quarterback that is young, that has upside to prove, rather than a guy that you know chose to be in a booth somewhere this year, rather than being on a football field. So I was going over some options in my, in my mind. And I doubt the Dolphins are going to be doing this now, but some names I thought of were Green Bay's backup Brett Hundley, came from UCLA. He has received some pretty high praise from Packers fans there, sitting behind Aaron Rodgers. So he was someone that I considered, uh, as he will probably be a free agent and walk this year after this season with the Packers. Another guy in that same vein is AJ McCarron with the Cincinnati Bengals. He came on last year or two years ago, late in the season, in the playoffs as well with the Bengals, and he played okay think he's got a bit of a potential to be a future starter in this league. So that was an idea that I had. The other two options were a little less appealing, I suppose. One was Cody Kessler for the Browns. I know he's currently the starter, but um, I just feel like Deshaun Kaiser might eventually win that job. And then Paxton Lynch with the Broncos uh, uh, last year was a first round pick. Hasn't quite won the job away from Trevor Simeon yet, but those are kind of the options you're dealing with right now. It's either You know, one of those young guys, Tony Romo, Jay Cutler, Colin Kaepernick, and even if those guys are willing to come out of retirement or or, you know, if Kaepernick is able to sign off somewhere, you just don't know. But luckily, all that was avoided with Ryan Tannehill being healthy. But there just needs to be something in place for a a type of contingency plan because Tannehill clearly was – the knee is healthy in a sense, but at the same time, it, it has the potential to buckle, and that knee brace probably saved him today. So it's important to kind of have a plan from here. I think if this happens again, the, the coaching staff better have something planned to make up for it moving forward from that point. Luckily, we don't have to talk about what the season would look like with those other guys in place, because I think if Matt Moore starts, you're probably at best a 7- or 8-win team. Any of those other guys are probably right in the same vein, unless you do trade for one of the young guys and you happen to strike gold like Dak Prescott in Dallas, but that's pretty much buying a lot of tickets. So the team is really in a sense now where you know Ryan Tannehill kind of has to prove his worth this year, I suppose, to some. For me, I already know what he is. I think he's a great player. But he does have some more to prove and kind of build off last year's success. So the Dolphins really need to see what they can get out of him this year because next year's draft class as well as free agency options, you know, between Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, I mentioned A.J. McCarron, Brent Hundley, and then you have Sam Darnold, Mason Rudolph, Luke Falk, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. I mean, the list just continues to grow and grow. of All these quarterbacks that will be available next year. So you really hope that Ryan Tannehill comes in this season, plays like he's capable of, plays a durable full season. We'll see where the knee is in December at the end of the year, hopefully January. But it would just be a shame to see them not have an opportunity to go after one of those quarterbacks if Ryan Tannehill can't get right in time for that decision to be made. All right, pressing on here away from the Ryan Tannehill news, the good news that we all received today. The other camp news, I'll be completely frank with you guys, I really did not study into that too much simply because I was refreshing Twitter all day with the Ryan Tannehill news. But there was another injury, and this one actually was more significant. Current starting left guard and potentially starting left guard for the season opener, Ted Larson, suffered a torn biceps, and he will be out for... We don't know how long yet, but it's going to be a a pretty long period of time before we see Ted Larson back. So that's your contingency plan behind Mike Pouncey at center. And Mike Pouncey in his own right doesn't really have the reliability and durability that you hope for. So the Dolphins got weaker at a position that was already kind of considered a weakness going into today. I think that's something they're going to have to look at. Now, there are options available out there. Orlando Franklin was just released, but his medical could be a concern. We always we talked a lot about Nick Mangold, or I guess not on the show, but in previous shows I have talked a lot about Nick Mangold as well and that Mike Tannenbaum connection there. He needs a job. He's a center. He's kind of one of those tough, greedy type of players. So you could see him come in and make an impact if they were to sign him. All right, let's get into our last segment here, and that is previewing the defensive backs of the Miami Dolphins this year as we head into training camp and towards the first preseason game. Now, somebody asked me on Twitter what my biggest area of concern this year was, and it wasn't the offensive guard position. It was actually the secondary, and that's based upon last year's influx of kind of random cornerbacks and, and guys playing good at certain levels and then kind of having their performances come back down. We're really relying upon a guy coming off an injury, a suspended safety a, corner, a second-year cornerback that was injured throughout the whole entire 2016 season, his rookie year, and then a group of other corners that have had their struggles as well, and they're a little bit limited. Now, these guys are trying to build a prototype at the position of corner where that's a long, lanky, strong, physical presence that can press the line of scrimmage, that can drop in zone and kind of see things in front of them and do a bunch of different things. So I think that there is a mold that's being formed there, and they are filling out that mold with guys that fit that mold. And they did a good job in that sense. And at that cornerback position, you're probably going to be opening the season with Xavier Howard on one edge, Byron Maxwell on the other, with Bobby McCain in the slot. Now, Bobby McCain's caught a lot of flack for some inconsistencies. Now, playing the slot cornerback position is one of the toughest jobs in the NFL. And I've seen a lot of ability, a lot of spunk, a, a willingness to tackle and play fierce. And you're going to get beat from that spot because you have to defend left and right. So it's a difficult position, but I think he's your guy there. Uh, his challenger will be Alteron Werner. I, I suppose he's going to challenge in the nickel, even though he's been mostly a perimeter guy his whole career, coming from the Bucks and then previously before that the Titans. Uh, other backup corners, obviously Cordrea Tankersley, the third round pick. I think he's more of a long term project. Probably spends most of the season as a special teams core kind of guy and a guy that might fill in an injury if an injury occurs. You have Tony Lippett coming back. We all know how how he played last year. He's got the good hands, the good ball skills. But he's a little bit stiff-hipped, not a great tackler. He was a former receiver at Michigan State, so he prefers to play a little bit less aggressive than I think the Dolphins staff wants him to. Other corners, Lafayette Pitts was a guy last year that had a good preseason. He's a special teams contributor also, a guy that can go cover kicks and and all that good stuff that you need on that side of the ball. So he has a chance to make the roster. Jordan Lucas is another guy in that same vein. He came from Penn State last year, was a draft pick, and he uh, just didn't really catch on. But he has a chance to get on the team this year and make an impact on special teams as well. Probably not going to get a lot of starting action, and then you have a bunch of guys or a couple of guys that really are just kind of trying to fight for, I suppose, a practice squad position at this point. Larry Hope and Tory McIntyre are the two corners that really didn't get a lot of play as far as their names go this off season. You move back to the safety position, and there really is kind of the same issue where you have a couple of good starters, and then you have a lot of guys that can contribute on special teams. Uh, the one guy that I really mentioned in that, in that breath is Michael Thomas because he can play a little bit of safety and corner. He's kind of a swing guy, but he's not very good at either. He takes poor angles. He's not very good in the slot, not a sure tackler. He's late on most reactions. So I love seeing him play special teams and cover punts, but that's about where his skill set ends. Now, for the actual stars, we all know about Rashad Jones. The guy plays the run as well as the pass as well as anybody in the NFL, and he's paid like it. I mean, he's one of the best safeties in football, and it's a shame that he seems to be forgotten about when talking about the best safeties because his 2015 season statistically was right there with Landon Collins' 2016 season, like I said, via stats. Uh, whether or not you want to trust that or the film is your choice or your prerogative, but – Uh, The film is there too. I mean, he plays in the, in the offense's backfield half the time and just a hell of a player and fun to watch and and really a treat to have on your team. The other position is going to be manned by Nate Allen to start the year. Nate Allen came over from Oakland after having some injury problems before leaving Philadelphia. And uh, he he really struggled after the injuries and, and to stay healthy. But once he came back last year, he had some pretty good tape played a pretty good game against the Buffalo Bills when he came onto the field for the first time. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. They've been mixing him with some single high-safety looks with TJ McDonald coming down to the box, filling in for Rashad Jones, who's been hurt throughout camp. He's now back. But speaking of McDonald, he has that alpha mentality. He's a big hitter. He's going to make guys regret coming over the middle big time as much as you can in today's NFL. So I'm really looking forward to watching McDonald get back onto the field and seeing how they rotate those three safeties into the game because I think you're going to get a lot of dime packages where that third safety is going to be Nate Allen coming onto the field or TJ McDonald, whoever is not the starter. Now the other safety is Walt Aikens. And just like Michael Thomas, he's a special teams guy. He might actually be able to play down, slip down and play corner as well. That still remains to be seen. AJ Hendy was another guy, kind of like Lafayette Pitts, that had a good preseason, a good special teams type of guy, but he, it's, he's got a long uphill climb to get on that within that safety rotation that actually sees time on defense. The last guy is Maurice Smith. Probably a practice squad hopeful, if anything more than that. He wears number two, so that kind of tells you he was a late signing to the process. So that's your secondary. I think that could be a position that really elevates or deflates this defense, um, so to speak. If you get production and the production out of guys like Xavier Howard and Bobby McCain and even Byron Maxwell, you could really turn something on here with this defense. And if Rashad Jones stays healthy, then you're really looking at something good. So kind of a... a bend or break type of situation with the defense on the back end. It could be a great unit, could be one that struggles this year. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's show. I'm sweating it up here in the uh, press box upstairs, just like the Miami Dolphins in training camp heat. Uh, be sure to subscribe, to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review, five-star rating and review. It does so much for our audience to expand. And check out the Locked On Sports Podcast mm-hmm. Network as well for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter, at WingfieldNFL. And check out thirdand 10com for all things quarterbacks as well as Ryan Tannehill across the NFL. Uh, check out tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins Podcast, your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football, and fins up. the list.